0: to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is Jared Chaffett and Artie Miss Brower. We are coming to you this week with episode twenty. What is it? What is that? Bank day? Is that Bank day in Spanish? Do you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good at Spanish. I'm not bilingual. It's, uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot, though.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was in French. I'm stuck on uh, these nuts, which is nineteen, I believe. These nuts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, we're back this week with episode twenty. Um,
1: Artie, I just went, I wanted to see how how you doing, man. I'm good, man. I'm really good. Had a good week. Got back to work this week. Um, so you got back into the flow. You of did pass I, your test. I am negative, people. I know. I know we were waiting on the results to come back. It took a week and a half. I could have killed somebody, but I am negative. That's that's good to know. Um, considering that you and I
0: sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like three feet apart, right. multiple times a week when we Went record this podcast,
1: a few times played golf so together. Um, if I did have it, I probably would have given it to you.
0: Yeah, I would have. I probably <coughs> had it by now, but um, I don't. So thank you, Artie. Thank you for not giving it to yeah, me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but it's good to hear that you're back at you're back at work. Mm-hmm. I'm. So for those of you that don't know, I have been laid off, uh, <laughs> but it's all good. We're it's given us time to focus on this podcast, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it sucks for the time being, but. We're making do with it. And I'm gonna have a job soon. So, um, Jared, Jared is a natural born hustler. He'll be all. Uh, he'll be all right. He'll hey, land on his feet. I've, I've been hustling this podcast for the last 20 weeks. Uh, so, <laughs> we we made it somewhere. We've got almost 900 followers on Twitter. Do you know that? Almost 900 followers, mm-hmm. and we've been doing this thing for less than half a year. Mm-hmm. So, for all of our followers, all of our listeners, thank you for thank you for listening to us every week. Um, been been a blast. We're almost at the halfway. Po- mark for a year already that which is really cool mm-hmm. um but yeah for me not been doing much of anything just applying for jobs uh and we had a yard sale this weekend that that is taking taken it out of me yeah just i am you look exhausted i you am, look tired yeah i feel tired i'm i'm so ready to like after, after we record i'm gonna edit this thing and i'm gonna go across the street to, mm-hmm. we're, we're recording in our in our our second makeshift studio uh this week and uh,
1: yeah, we're not we're not in the apartment today, we're, we're not in the
0: usual places. It's it's pretty cool. I feel like I'm like on ESPN looking at you, yeah, like, honestly. I, you've got cars going by. you got great scenery,
1: yes, <laughs> it, it feels official,
0: yeah, it, it really does. What, what are you drinking, Artie? What's that, a hazy IPA?
1: This is Voodoo Ranger, yeah, Imperial IPA, yeah, 9% I, alcohol. This, this is a heavy hitter right you, here. You can miss me with those IPAs, I, I can't do them, it's a heavy hitter,
0: man. can't do them, but um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing good. Um, I'm gonna go across the street. I'm going to get me about five, six Bud Lights. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit my ass on the couch, and I'm going to play some MLB The Show. <laughs> um, love it. Yeah, last week or a couple weeks ago, I actually texted. I was playing MLB The Show. I texted Evan Krasinski. I had just taken him deep for a walk-off home run in the show. So, friend of the podcast, Evan oh, yeah. Krasinski. Served one up to your boy
1: on Road to the Show. Um, it's cool that he was on the podcast, and you can just go home and play as him yeah, <laughs> in, in a video game. I, I just shot him a quick text. I was like, hey,
0: <laughs> just took you deep for, for a walk off home run. <laughs> but, uh, Artie, it's, it's been good. Uh, finally, we have some sports back. And sports are back somewhat, but they're, they're back, baby. And to go along with sports being back, we have a great guest this week on the podcast. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Hurricanes Hockey, Carolina Hurricanes Hockey, starts back – Next week, August first, uh, their their first actual game of the play-in round, with the New York Rangers starts on August first at noon. We have Michael Smith of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, he's he's their senior editor for their website. Um, great follow on Twitter. He's gonna actually travel with the team mm-hmm. and be in the inside the bubble. So we had him on the podcast this week. Um, great information. He he really dives into what to expect with the Hurricanes coming back to play mm-hmm. next week. So, stay tuned for that interview. We'll be dropping it here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Artie, like you said, sports are back, baby. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a it's a great day to be alive right now. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll take it however I can get it. I know everybody's in a bubble and there's no fans, but I will take my sports however I can get it.
0: Yeah, same, same here. I, uh, I've been thoroughly – Enjoying watching baseball the last three or four days. Um, since we're recording on Sunday, I guess baseball started well on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, my Braves are one and one. But uh, before we go into baseball talk, I wanted to kind of let everybody know, ECU has started back. ECU sports are back. Um, they're All the athletics are back practicing. They're testing them. They're working out. Getting ready for the fall football season, for the mm-hmm. fall sports. Already... Uh, I don't know if you knew this. We had 104 people tested on Monday with three positive tests mm-hmm. um, and then 17 total active tests still. Um, what what are, With those numbers, what are you thinking?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I will say that any positive test is bad news. You don't want to hear that anybody's testing testing positive. But, you know, statistically the numbers are showing that, okay, we've kind of got this a little bit under control. 100, you said 104 people tested, yep. um, three positive. So that means we can – get those three athletes quarantine, get them straight, get them back healthy, keep everybody else back healthy, um, you know, start to get this under control. Cause you know, if, if we had 104 people tested and you know, we had 50 test positive, that would be a nightmare. So not ideal. Ex- exactly. Exactly. So, you know, hopefully we can, we can start to manage this thing and quarantine and start to get these athletes in a bubble as they come back on campus and, and uh, gear, gear up for, for a season.
0: And i just, I want to say one thing real quick. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the athletes. Um, it, could, it could be coaches, faculty, right, right, right staff. Right, right. Um, it could be any of those people. So we can't announce or we don't know. Artie and I don't know who, who these people are. Um, but there have been three tests that have been positive. But looking at some of the videos and see seeing some of the tweets from other people that are at the practices or viewing the practices from a distance, at least from the media side – I saw that uh, – I mean, Stephen Igoe, he tweeted out earlier this week about how it's really good to see how well they're being socially distant, mm-hmm. wearing the masks. So, it, it just goes to show, like, these guys, they're going out there. They're social distancing. They're keeping their six feet from each other. They're still able to practice. And they're all wearing masks. They're all wearing face coverings. And the Greenville – some are in Greenville – 90, it's brutal. Man. 95
1: degree heat with a, probably a 55 percent humidity. Wearing a mask here in Greensboro is brutal when you have to go outside. So I can't imagine how it's like in Greenville right now. Yeah, and to be playing <clears throat> football while doing that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's
0: uh, it's, it's great to see that they're doing that. A lot and of Gatorade and water out there. I can tell you that. All all I will say though, if they can do it, so can you. Wear your damn mask. Mm-hmm. Put it on. That way we can have a football season this year. We've got them back; they practicing.
1: But let's not make it all or not. Everybody, wear your mask. And I, like I, I understand the frustration. I, I get it. I really do. But just, just put it on. Yeah. Just, just wear it. Yeah. When you go to the store, put it on while you're shopping. When you're at the gas station. When you're beca- at. You know, when you're picking somebody up. When you're, you know, just, just wear the mask. Yeah. I, I and s- most times, once you get inside of a place, they don't even require you to wear it. Once you're inside, especially restaurants, you have to wear it when you walk in. And then once you sit down, you can take it off, which I, it makes no sense to me. I get it; I understand the frustration, but just wear the damn mask. All, all I'll say is, if, and already you and I ran into this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we
0: did. Uh, if you make reservations at a restaurant, most restaurants around here that I've been to don't even require you to wear it inside to the restaurant to walk to your table. But if you are doing that, uh, I mean, to at least tell people that. Okay, you can't come inside if you don't
1: have a mask. Right.
0: Um, I know it's mandated by the government, but
1: but yeah, I, I, I will say I would hope at this point, like this this was like two days people, after. that Yeah, people have an understanding. I need to wear a mask.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, wear your mask. Do wash your hands. Uh, clean <laughs> your ass. Like,
1: don't be nasty, people. That's yeah. All, just you know, clean up. That's all we're asking. If you wash your ass, you know, you might actually not get this thing. You know, just mm-hmm. just saying.
0: Yeah. Sorry, guys. I am – like I said, I've been moving stuff for the last couple days, so I'm parched, just chugging down water today. I had three glasses of sweet tea before we started record, oh,
1: recording. Recording that, that, that drives you out, honestly. I love sweet tea, but, like, on a hot day – it kind of dries you out. You need some water.
0: Yeah, but I, I needed I needed something refreshing, man. I was. I, was I say dying. that,
1: and I'm going to be drinking three or four glasses of sweet tea when I get home. So. Yeah, and
0: Artie's drinking an IPA while we're right. recording. Like <laughs> yeah, getting in in the middle of getting
1: dried out in the middle of summer, drinking an IPA
0: <laughs> like a jackass. Um, but but Artie, uh, ml MLB has started back, my the man. The show
1: is back. The show is back. Um, you huh? know, I, I know I know your Braves are, are are supposed to be really really good. Supposed to be. They are really, really good. They are really, really good. Man. My white socks, everybody's sleeping on my white socks, I'm telling you right now. I don't think as many people are sleeping on your white socks as you think they are. Well, look, expectations are not high, and they shouldn't be high because we haven't been good for, for quite some time. But we made some moves in the offseason, um, you know, re-signing Jose Abreu. Getting, we got the best catcher in the game, don't at me, in Yasmani Grandal. Don't, don't at me. Mm. Best catcher in the game. Okay. Best catcher in the game. I don't know about all that, but uh, Artie,
0: while we're talking about the White Sox, how about one of the hosts of this podcast murdered the fricking White Sox on Twitter? How about that? you had a decent tweet? Decent.
1: It was it was it was a decent tweet. You were the first to respond. I I fricking murdered you him, were the man. first to respond. That's why you got I put. I dug I dug that grave likes. and I put them down in it. It was a good tweet. Tell the people what you, what you okay. tweeted about my damn White Sox. Tweet. So
0: guys. you if you're not following me, at jared underscore Shaffit, J A R E D underscore S H A F I T. Um, so earlier this week, one of the MLB accounts tweeted, Name a random MLB player. Well, the White Sox responded very quickly and said, How could we just name one? And while we were reco- actually, while we were recording the interview for today's <laughs> podcast, I saw this tweet come across and I was like, Oh, this is too good to. Not pass up. So I go, well, the ML or the White Sox rosters traditionally just random MLB players, and I swear that thing i never had a tweet blow up in my life like that tweet blew up. It was a good tweet. I give you that. It was a good tweet. It deserved the likes. Speaking of more baseball tweets, I had another baseball tweet that went oh, viral. Jesus, did you know? Th- did, you- did you see this? No. So I had another tweet just a few day, the next day, go viral. I was on CNN. <laughs> you
1: were not on I CNN. was
0: on CNN. I was. I'll, I'll post.
1: Uh, here. Shut the hell up. You. You, you want not, me to show? I have a screenshot. What do you mean you was on CNN? Your, your tweet was on
0: CNN? Yeah, with my picture and everything. No fucking lie. I got a tweet the next morning like, <laughs> hey, I just saw this tweet on CNN. And I was like, wait, what? Hold on, hold on. How, what do you mean you were on CNN? Like they, like they just showed like a. No, they showed. They, so, Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci. Yes. Did you see his first pitch? Yes. Did you see how
1: terrible it was? It was, was god-awful. But a bunch of people have god-awful first pitches.
0: Yeah, yeah. 50 Cent. Uh, who else has had a bad one? I think Carly Ray Jepson had a bad one. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I'm trying to think of some other – there's some tr- – I'm pretty sure Bush had a, had a bad one. Now nah, Bush fired it in there. Did, did Bush fire it in there? I know one of those presidents had a bad one. It was Obama or Clinton. One of them, one of them dudes had a, had a bad right after, first pitch.
0: I mean, Bush owned an MLB team. I don't mean nothing. But – Yeah, Bush fired it in there on the mound right after 9-11. That honestly depend. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you sit on. That is one of the best moments in history. America. When George Bush walked out there in the first game after 9-11 in New York City and stood on the mound, waved to the crowd with his NYPD jacket on. That's a
1: goosebumps moment, yeah.
0: And he fires a fastball right down the middle. Absolutely a goosebumps moment. That's a top ten sports moment of all time if you ask me. I, I believe so. So, um, but Get anyway. Back to your CNN tweet. So, CNN, I, uh, I tweeted, I just said, Dr. Fauci's pitch was just trying to social distance itself from the plate. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't think anything of it. It had like, I didn't tag anybody. Yeah. I didn't do anything. It was just kind of out there into existence. And I had like 20 likes and 15 retweets all in like the span of. 10 minutes or so, mm-hmm. or 20 minutes, and that was it. Like, I didn't see anything else, I didn't think anything else of it. The next morning, I woke up to a message or to a tweet that said, I just saw this tweet on CNN. And what, I, were they talking about the tweet? I, I don't, or they just showed it. I, I tried to go to CNN and watch it, yeah. I couldn't get to As, that. it. was probably like a, like a little, just like a little small but it, segment they, they, they had. To. They, they were talking about like their, they were talking about how Twitter was talking about Fauci's first pitch. And... They used my tweet to. Was it trending at all? Was 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 your tweet? I don't know. My tweet. I I was not trending. <laughs> I was not trending. But I did make it on CNN.
1: Which hey, I will take it. You got to start the show with this next time, man. Start the show with what? That I was on CNN. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> Featured on a, CNN,
0: I'm the Boneyard Podcast. I'm host. doing a podcast with a Twitter God over here. Hey, I am. <laughs> Guys. The, that's why our Twitter is popping off at all times. All times. Um, but, yeah, uh, Fauci's first pitch
1: was, was terrible. But back to your White Sox. Uh, sorry, I, I – All I'm saying is don't sleep. Edwin Encarnacion, Dallas Keuchel, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal. Best catcher in the game, do not at me. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear no slander. He's best catcher in the game.
0: Eh, okay. Oh.
1: He's top three, Jared. At least give me top three. He's top three. Okay, I'll give you top three. He's top three. I'll give you top three. And because he plays for my socks, I'm gonna say he's the best in the game. Cause I mean he plays for your socks. He's
0: the best in the game. I get that. Okay. 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 Just it's all on you, man.
1: But I will say he's he's top three regardless. You know what I mean? Uh top three dead or alive. Okay. Dead or alive? Dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> that that is okay. Nah, I'm I'm joking. So, now. Since we okay, I, mean, I was using I was using if, a rap uh, if, a rap reference. If
0: we're gonna, if we're gonna say dead or alive, then um, might as well go into other bad baseball takes because I had one myself <laughs> that. That was a great segue. I I didn't mean to make it okay. Yes, I said what I said. I said you said it, baby. Come on, I, I come fully, all the way out. I fully admit to saying that Mookie Betts would be a brave. Next year, and then the following ten years. My man's man. guaranteed it. I guaranteed it. Okay. <laughs> Mookie Betts signed. I don't. I don't even have the deal. I think in front it was twelve of me. years. It's like twelve, 12 years, years three hundred and eighty-six million. Yeah, some, it was some astronomical. That guy is set for life. Mm-hmm. He's not going to need to take any. Uh, any. What is it? Oh, geez, he's not going to have to take any financial advice from LeBron James. Um, th- this, that's, <laughs> he's that's he's not going to be leasing any cars, that, I can tell that. you that. That's an inside joke. Since we've been talking about my Twitter, Artie and I, were he was talking to me a, a little bit earlier about me getting to, into a Twitter argument about leasing a car earlier. So, um, yeah. Uh, um, Mookie Betts not going to have to be leasing any cars. He could go out oh. and pay cash money for it, um, at, as everybody should. But, uh, um Yeah. Mookie Betts not gonna be a future Brave. He's gonna li- he's gonna finish his career he's most gonna, likely.
1: He's probably gonna be a Dodger for in
0: life. L.A. Unless something terrible happens to the Dodgers, which mm-hmm. one could only hope. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, Mookie Betts will be a Dodger. I just for life. I just remember that take and you saying it, and I was like, oh god. This has to happen, or this is going to look really bad for Jared. And literally, was it, was it last week's episode that you said it, or, or was it a few weeks ago? I can't remember. I, I when feel you like said it was it. a few weeks ago. I don't think we talked about it last week on, on the episode. But I thought it was
0: last week. Le- le- All
1: I know is Wednesday came out that he, he had signed the deal, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, let, let, me, let me just explain myself, okay? Let,
0: <laughs> let me just take a second to reintroduce myself. See what happened, was. So here's what happens. I was looking at it from the standpoint of the Braves are going to need another outfielder next year. Okay. Mookie makes sense. He's the right age. He's in his prime. The Braves could probably afford him. What I didn't think was he – I didn't think he wanted to be in L.A. It didn't seem like he wanted to be in L.A.
1: Who the hell doesn't want to be in L.A.?
0: (laughs) I mean, just looking at some of the other things that has happened in his career – it didn't seem like he was happy being in L.A. I mean, I get David, it. He, he's, he's a Georgia boy. I, I get it. I mean, but. David Price, he looks like he's proud to be a Dodger. Mookie, Mookie wanted to go somewhere where he could go and he could win and win a World Series. That's what he wanted.
1: you okay, can do that in L.A. <laughs> yeah, the but Dodgers are good. The, They're the, really good.
0: The Dodgers are notorious for choking.
1: Yes, and I think they will choke. And, but that doesn't take away from the fact that they're really good.
0: And i i didn't see i didn't see the Dodgers re-signing him mid-season with the coronavirus happening. I, I didn't see that happening. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't mid-season that they re-signed him. They technically re-signed him before the season started. But I, I didn't see them doing that with all the labor disputes that they were talking about before the season. I didn't see I didn't see that happening. So. I went out and I, I was looking at, okay, who would make sense for the Braves to go after. Nick Marcakis was coming off uh, his contract next year. Then you also had Ender Enciarte. He's not going to be needed. You got Ronald Acuna Jr. and Christian, pa- Christian Pache, who are great um, baseball players. Acuna, he's already a star. Pache, he will be a star in the league. I, I guarantee that. Um, that guy, he, he's probably, a, he's a top prospect. Right now for the Braves, and a lot of a lot of the people that keep up with all the prospects are saying that he's basically the equivalent, if not better, than Acuna, um, and he's younger. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's almost like a Juan Soto type. Um, which Juan Soto, don't come at me on this, but Juan Soto is not as good as Ronald Acuna. Okay.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, it, it's not rocket science. But I know, I know we have some Nats fans. If you want to if you want to DM me, DM me. We'll <laughs> talk about it. Um I'll 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 be even more Twitter famous and talk to you about it. I'll, I'll 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 roast you over that. Um but yeah, so that that's what I'm saying. Um I thought Mookie Betts was gonna be a brave. He's not. Oh well, move on. We got Adam Duval killing puppies in the in the stands. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that? No.
1: What what happened? So
0: you know you know how uh you know how have you seen, like, the cardboard cutouts that they're using? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. So, yesterday in the Braves game, there's three dogs in Citi Field in New York City where the Mets play. Mm-hmm. And there's three cardboard cutouts of dogs. Apparently, this is one of the third baseman's dog that is, like, sitting there. They have three dogs sitting there in a row. They're the only ones in, the, in that section that are sitting there. Only row that's, like, four rows up. They're the only cutouts in that section. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened to hit one. He hit a he hit a, home run that hit this cardboard dog. Probably destroyed the cardboard. It it, it didn't destroy it, but like it, you could hear that it, the just the sound it made. It was like a thunk, <laughs> and you could see the dog just kind of like move around a little bit. But he didn't actually hit a dog. It wasn't a real dog. Let me. It's put, a cardboard cutout. It's a cardboard
1: cutout. PETA don't come after I us. so you gotta, you got you gotta let the people know because you know they love their dogs. Yeah, I love. Hey, I love dogs too. I'm just. You know, I'm, I'm you not saying I don't love dogs. I'm just saying. You,
0: you know how I am with my dogs. So like, yeah, I, I just thought it was funny that <laughs> this this guy hit a home run and it hits a dog. Like, um, if it was a real dog, would not be laughing, probably be crying. Um, but yeah, Adam Duvall, uh, re- really great guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the guy. I don't know why I'm saying he's a great guy. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Artie, I, you might this dude have to might look. actually kill dogs in real life. We don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, baseball's back, baby. Great. Baseball is back. Basketball is back. Yeah. Somewhat. I know. I know you're not a basketball guy, but I am a basketball yeah. guy. Millions of people out there, are basketball people. I don't um, understand it.
0: College basketball. I love college basketball. I love college basketball.
1: Don't I I've been, don't I've been get, I don't get the NBA. Pirate nation I've been trying to do not understand, understand how Jerry can be such a sports fan but he does not like basketball. I just don't I don't do- understand how you can be a sports fan but then exclude like the number 1 sport in the world outside of soccer. It's basketball. Worldwide it's soccer and then it's basketball. And then it's baseball. That's, that's top three worldwide. So I just don't understand how you just don't like basketball at all. I, I do like basketball. I'm a former Menchies Maniacs president.
0: So I do have to like basketball. I enjoy basketball. I enjoy good basketball. I do not enjoy 130 points being scored by both teams. Oh, my God. It's not 100.
1: And I, you don't, I, don't, you all don't they're even,
0: doing is shooting threes. You don't even.
1: You're watching Golden State, first off. And, which, and yes, they, they revolutionized basketball because now, yes, it's, it's a three-point league, I but there's still plenty of defense being played. And most of your—if you watch the Raptors from last year, they were the best defensive team in the league, and they won a championship you, because you of their defense. Do You want me to go into Holding why I don't like basketball? Holding teams to 92 to 95 points a game.
0: Do you want me to go into why I don't like basketball? Please. Okay. So, basketball, one, I grew up watching baseball and hockey, Okay. It's perfectly fine. I, I, didn't, I didn't even I grow it. up watching football. Like I didn't, I didn't even really care for football until I got to high school. I never played football. Didn't want to watch it. I thought the NFL was honestly. I I thought it was overrated. in when I was in elementary school, I've hey, I'm notorious for having bad sports takes. Yes, I, I'll admit to that. We know. <laughs> I'll admit to that. I've I've also had some pretty damn good sports takes. The one. And when, I'm, when, I'm, when I have a sports take, I will die on that hill. Mm-hmm. And when I'm wrong, like I just was with the Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. I'll admit to it. Mm-hmm. But this is one, this is an opinion that I have about basketball that mm-hmm. I just, I can't get into it. One, I don't get the, uh, what do they call it, the rest days or whatever. You're playing an
1: 82-game season. Uh, load management. I Which don't, I agree with you on that. I don't that's, get that. That's a crock of shit. Yeah. Nobody. Miss me with that. You get paid millions of dollars. Get your ass on the court and play.
0: LeBron James having to be carried off the. off. The, if you're
1: injured, then you're injured. If you're hurt, you should play.
0: Yeah, but if I, if you're crying and like getting carried off. I, I played high school football for free. Hurt. Yeah. I played every game. <laughs> I mean. All I'm saying is you. You get paid millions. You get paid your millions. Just on the court and play. And if you have a cramp and they're car- literally carrying you off the court, they're they're you're being carried like a baby off the court. No, grow set and I, I, go out there and play, I, I, or you I, I, sit I kinda, on the bench.
1: I kind of see where you're going with this because the modern day NBA, you have a lot of divas, yeah, you got a lot of prima donnas. Now, '90s NBA, you know, somebody gets poked in the eye and 90, out for the rest of the game, like. MJ
0: era, Bird Era, Magic Era? Now I'll watch
1: that. I'll enjoy that. I get what you're saying. But I but I but I will say today's NBA athletes are the best athletes. Some of them are, some of them are the best athletes in the world. I mean they their stamina, their athletic ability, they can jump out to gym, they can run like soccer players. The, okay, so that, you got dudes that are five nine that could dunk a basketball.
0: That, okay, that brings up okay, that brings up a good a good conversation. Then, what do you consider athletic ability? Is it the is it the ability to? That's a broad do question. One right? of those things, or do those things?
1: No, no, or is no it no. I'm just I'm just saying some of them are are some of the best premier athletes in the world. I'm not saying they are the greatest athletes in the world. I understand that you have hockey guys that are some of the greatest athletes in the world. You got baseball guys who are some of the greatest athletes in the world. You got football guys. I'm just saying, LeBron James is a top five athlete in the world. At 35 with gray hair and his beard, he can still athletically outdo a whole bunch of people. I just do not –
0: like, something about LeBron James, and you know, you and I have had this conversation. Jerry doesn't like
1: LeBron James either. LeBron James. Which, you know, one of the – I don't know LeBron personally, but – from what i've seen of lebron james he's probably one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet i mean dude's got a dude made a school how can you how can you not like a guy that made a school i don't know jerry doesn't like lebron james lebron
0: james <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i i don't know the, dude sent like a thousand kids to college the thing that I'll... Forget like, his basketball. Let's just talk about the, the human that he is. He's a phenomenal human being. He, he's a great human being, but that's not what I don't like about him. I, I like that part about him. Well, then there's nothing to dis- dislike about him. If he's a great human, there's nothing to dislike about LeBron James. I, I don't there's like. There's nothing to dislike. You can't I don't have an like, argument. I don't like, I don't if you're like going to say he's a great is. human, he's then so you dramatic. can't come back he's and say,
0: over. oh, I-. he He's so overdramatic. He, he, you know what? He should he should go and be in like a play or something. He's not
1: that dramatic, man. Oh, like
0: most NBA players, because that's all they do is they flop. Them in MLS or professional men's soccer, that they're both just so dramatic with flopping and like I don't need that. I don't want to see that. I'm not, I'm not watching. I'm not watching a play. I'm not watching WWE. I'm out here watching sports. If you get hit, take the hit. Yeah, like, if you get hit and get knocked down, that's, that's one thing. But if somebody barely brushes against you and you flop,
1: look, that's I, some bullshit. I, and you haven't been paying attention to recent NBA because you don't watch the NBA, but flopping has gotten a lot better. Guys are not out there flopping. There was a bad, there, there was like a four- to five-year run where guys were like, oh, even I was watching basketball, like, all right, come on, come on, guys. You guys are doing a little too much. I get you're trying to sell the call, but you're doing too much. Flopping has gotten a lot better. People are really not flopping anymore. Yeah, I just in the NBA. I, oh, At least from what I've
0: seen. You you give me any of the four major sports, and I'm choosing.
1: Well, I shouldn't say people are not flopping. People are still flopping, but it's gotten better.
0: Uh, I'm choosing anything other than. I'd rather watch HGTV than watch the NBA. But
1: go ahead, talk, talk to us about the NBA. I'll. want to listen. Indulge me. All I'm all I'm saying is the NBA is back. We have exhibition games. <laughs> It's very sloppy play. I'm going to be honest with you. These guys look like they've been off for four months. They, they, they look like they haven't they been training. It. They haven't been. Well, no, they've been training. They've been working out. But as far as basketball skills, I, Kawhi Leonard went like two for 18 last night or two days ago. He's the reigning, you know, finals MVP. Premier He made athletes. two shots. Premier So athletes. these exhibition games. They need these exhibition games. I'm telling you, once the playoff starts, because they have eight more games, I think eight to ten games of the, of, the, to 10. of the regular season that they got to finish because they have play-in games. And then they're going to start the playoffs. Once so, the playoff starts, these guys are going to be back back to, to playing their normal selves. So break it down for me. How, how does the how does the play-in games work? So starting in the 31st, I think the, the remainder of the regular season starts. Um, you've got teams like Memphis going up against the Pelicans – um, you know, Zion's on the, on the Pelicans, so that's why the NBA wants him to kind of be in the fold and, and have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, and so I, I think it works. You have two to three play-in games, or you, you have one play-in game. If Memphis wins that first play-in, play-in game because they're the A seed, then they automatically make it to the playoffs. If the Pelicans beat Memphis in that play-in game, then they have another play-in game and if the Pelicans win that, they get in. It's it's a lot. It's confusing. I know,
0: man. That, that, that but hurt, the NBA is trying to
1: head. the NBA is trying to make sure that their stars get recognized. That's really what this is all about. They want their stars to to, to get recognized. That's why they had twenty two out of the thirty teams go down to Orlando. Um, but what I'm saying is, once the playoff starts, because I don't I don't care about the six, seven, and eight seasons. They're not going to win a championship anyway. I care about. The Houston Rockets, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Sixers—those are the teams I want to see once the playoff starts. Really go at each other. See, so the, and I guess that, that's
0: another thing with like the NBA. I feel like I feel like most fans—they're fans of a specific player. They're not as much diehard fans for their team.
1: Yeah, I, I would. I'd would agree with that. Like a they, lot of a lot of a lot of people I, that are fans of the NBA are fans of players.
0: And I don't care, like. For me, if you were a brave but now you're playing for the Nationals or
1: you're you're playing for the Phillies or whatever, if you're playing for them, you're dead to me. But it's but it's but it's different though. It's different with baseball because you don't in basketball you have a lot more superstars than you do in baseball. Well yeah you have more it, household names it, in basketball than you do in baseball.
0: And and that's mainly because the NBA markets their players, markets their yes. sport better
1: than anybody. I really. mean you look at these guys when I mean, they, when football. they show up to the arena, it's a whole fashion event, you know, and they got dudes broadcasting hour and a half 2 hours before the game these guys what are these guys wearing to the game I don't, I don't give a damn what they wearing to the like game flying shit what they're but wearing it's to the it's game. but people care about it it's it's trending on twitter it's oh my god did you see what james harden wore before he played a basketball game like that's the nba that but that's what people like that's what people want to see
0: just once I want one of them to show baseball
1: up. will never be that <laughs> just once i want one of them to
0: show up with like a, like a wife beater on with like swimming trunks floaties on their arms, goggles on their head, and, and a, like, a duck floaty around their waist. Like, I just want that one time. Like, give me Russell Westbrook walking into the
1: stadium like that. Russ, Honestly, Russ might do that because Russ, he wears some off-the-wall stuff. I mean, he just wears
0: – He's like the Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he wears a lot of questionable things. Now, I do like his fashion. He wears He wears some things that I would wear, but he also wears a lot of things, and I'm like, okay, come on, Russ. What are you doing? Come on, man. But we say all this to say, sports are back. Sports are back. And so. going along
0: with sports being back, like we said, uh, we, we got a great interview coming up with Michael Smith of the Carolina Hurricanes, the Canes Cast Podcast. Uh, he'll be joining us here in a little bit. Um, but hockey's back, or hockey will be back uh, come Wednesday. Now, that's what I'm really excited for. Yeah, so am I. Because, uh, honestly, like I love the Braves. I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan. But when when the hockey there the only thing is with sports there's no playoffs and you anybody can come at me again with this there are no sports playoffs that are better
1: than the NHL playoffs and i will say you you really got me into hockey i was i was never a hockey guy growing up i didn't watch hockey growing up i started watching hockey in college with you and i kind of my my infatuation with hockey grew from there it's it's a it's a very good sport i love i love the sport of hockey
0: if, if you've never watched you, – you don't have to be in person. If you've never watched the intensity of playoff hockey, you're missing out. Playoff hockey is the most intense sporting event to be shown in America. Uh, it, this may be a hot take that I have, but, I mean, I, I 100% stand behind this, this mm-hmm. take because I've experienced it, I've sat through it, I've watched it. I've seen my team win the hardest – what I think is the hardest trophy to win Mm -hmm. in all of sports, the Stanley Cup. I've seen that happen. I know what these guys go through to win that thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think these guys in the NBA go through what guys in the NHL do. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the NHL and and how they're coming back. The Hurricanes today, we were recording on Sunday, have gone to or have left for Toronto – um, by the time this thing will be released, um, Hurricanes are about to. They'll play one exhibition game. Mm-hmm. They'll play against the Washington Capitals, um, rivals of the Carolina Hurricanes, and then they will go on to play five game series against the New York Rangers, which a lot of a lot of the media are saying that the Rangers are gonna are gonna win um, the series. I don't believe it. They're like, oh well, the Rangers have the Rangers were four zero against. The Hurricanes in the regular season, yeah, well, the Caps said the same thing last year, and we saw what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I'm going to say Hurricanes and – I'm going to say Hurricanes in four. Hurricanes – and maybe Hurricanes in five. I think the Hurricanes do pull it out. They have the better um, offense and defense. They just do not have as good of goaling – goaltending. Uh, goaling – already, what am I saying right now? Um, <laughs> goaling. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think the Hurricanes – the Hurricanes will – will be a major factor in, in the playoffs this year. i not really sure how everything's going to shake out with the round Robin um, starting w- with the top four seeds in each, in each conference. But um, I, th- I think the hurricanes will, will do well. So are let's, uh with that, let's, let's go ahead and send it over mm-hmm. to our interview with Michael Smith of the Carolina hurricanes. How, how's that sound? Let's do it. Okay. So here's our interview with Michael Smith, uh, host of the Canes cast podcast and, Senior editor for Carolina Hurricanes.com. So this week's guest is he's one of the hosts for the Canes Cast for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's also the senior editor for Carolina Hurricanes.com. He is Michael Smith. How's it going, Michael Smith? Uh, thank you for coming
2: on. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, the pleasure's all ours. So we wanted to have you on this week to talk about the return to play for the for the Carolina Hurricanes. They're going in to the uh, the bubble here in the next week or so, going into Toronto. Um, right now, I just want to kind of get your gauge on how have things gone in the last four months for the Carolina Hurricanes since play kind of stopped.
2: Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been at first. There wasn't a whole lot to to talk about or. or... Uh, or quite honestly do because, um, you know, nobody really knew what the immediate future held. Um, It it really wasn't until late May when Gary Bettman sort of outlined uh, the league's plan for return to play that we kind of had a sense of where, you know, things were moving uh, in the coming months. But even then, I mean, there were question marks about um, a lot of stuff and a credit to the league uh, and the PA for, for uh, getting together, during this time and, and hammering out um, a solid return to play plan and not to mention a, a, an extension of the CBA to give us uh, extended labor piece uh, here in the immediate future. So um, it's, the work has, has steadily increased. The momentum obviously is moving towards uh, the puck dropping in phase four, which is, you know, the, the, um, I guess that that is the the return to play goal uh, is, is puck dropping in phase four with the Stanley Cup qualifiers and the the round robin for the, the top four in, in each conference. Uh, momentum's building towards there. Energy's high. Excitement's high um, because we've all uh, we've all missed hockey. We've missed sports in general, um, mm. and it'll be great to to have hockey back once again here soon. And Michael, how do you uh, how do you think life is going to be inside the bubble for for a person of the uh, of the media? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, uh, I think it's going to be since I'm a part of of the Hurricanes traveling party. I think it's going to be similar uh, to everyone else's experience. I mean, obviously, I'm not playing in the games or coaching mm. or um, It'd anything. It'd be pretty cool like, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get a little better at hockey first. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be a, a hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Hopefully we never have to do anything like this again. Right. Um, uh, but I think the league and the PA have taken the appropriate steps to make it as safe as possible, it sounds like. Um, yeah, Toronto is is trying to line some stuff up to keep, uh, you know, some of the guys busy away from the rink uh, so that we're not just all in our hotel rooms, you know, losing our minds. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we have to remember that, um, we are privileged to be in the situation we're in. Um, you know, we're staying, uh, in nice hotels. Uh, we've got food, we've got uh, clothing, all that, you know, we're, we're in a good spot. Um, but it's a little different. Uh, and, and that's the whole theme, I think, for you know, really 2020 at large is, uh, things are a little different. So, um, you know, training camp in July is a little different. The way the playoffs are going to happen this year is a little different. Um, and the bubble is just one part of that. So, um, I'm looking forward to getting there, uh, and, uh, you know, seeing how it all plays out, you know, we've gotten some glimpses so far from the NBA in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes.
0: So, yeah. And you, you mentioned the NBA, I know the NBA is here Several uh issues with their bubble already mm-hmm. um, what do, do you see that happening at all in the NHL with the NHL's bubble do you
2: know those issues no and I think I, I think one of the main differences there might be too uh, is once once the NHL gets into the bubble the games are a week away um, and in some cases exhibition games are going to happen two three days later um, you know right now the NBA is sort of in that Uh, the same phases like the NHL is now that sort of training camp practice period. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it would have been different had the NHL gone into the bubble earlier like that. But I think once it gets down to games, no matter what league you're in, whether you're in the NBA or in the uh, NHL um, I think guys are going to be smart. Uh, They have to know that um, you know, if they step outside the bubble for whatever reason that they're not only jeopardizing their season, they're jeopardizing their entire team season. Uh, And I just don't see that being an issue. Um, I see these NHL players being uh, very responsible and very smart about how they're going about their business because you don't want to be the one responsible for, for bringing this, this whole thing crashing down. Um, you don't want to uh, put so much energy into, into coming back uh, and, and playing and, and staging this postseason tournament and having it all for not um, just because you went, you know, to a bar or something like, uh, I think guys are going to be smart, um, because they know what's at stake that this is what you play for. You play for the Stanley cup. Uh, and in order to have a shot at the Stanley cup this season, um, you have to sort of abide by the, the rules of the bubble. And I, I think you're going to see guys, uh, handle that with no problem.
1: Now, now, is there just one bubble destination? Cause I was reading there might be two Yeah,
2: there are two hub cities, so there's one for the Western Conference and one for the Eastern Conference. Okay. Uh, Toronto is the Eastern Conference, hub city, Edmonton is the Western Conference, home city. And then the plan right now uh, is to play um, the conference final and the Stanley Cup final in Edmonton. So um, the the teams that are left from the East would then travel to Edmonton after the second round to, to finish up play there. That's the, the preliminary, uh, plan right now. That could always change. I mean, you've seen, um, the plan for the, this hub city plan, this idea has evolved right. and changed so much over time. Right. Um, for, but, I mean,
0: yeah, everybody was t- saying, Oh no, it's definitely Vegas. It is definitely Vegas. Right. And then mm-hmm. Vegas, out of nowhere is like off the map because of how they've reopened. But I mean, even Edmonton right now, I don't even know what they're going to do with, with, everything that's going on with Rogers arena or Rogers Place,
2: Yeah. Do you have any word on that? It had some, uh, there were some storms and it leaked a little bit, but I think um, it it sounded like the leaks happened um, in a more like pedestrian focused area, not so much uh, the rink itself. So it should be fine. Uh, Last I heard the NHL doesn't uh, expect it to, you know, cause any issues or, or troubles. Um, and again, you're looking at teams still a week away. The teams will travel to the hubs, uh, on Sunday, July 26th. So, so there's, there's time, uh, in order to make the repairs necessary, um, uh, to make sure it's, it's fit for play. And uh, again, from what I understand, it doesn't impact the rink itself or any of the areas that the teams would be using and you're not going to have fans in there to begin with. So Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's a huge issue at this point.
0: Yeah. So, um, and I mean, I'm I, hopefully the Hurricanes get there because they have fared well, especially in the 2006 playoffs in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. That that would yeah. be nice to see them get back to Edmonton and lift Lord Stanley's Cup. Um, so, kind of want to kind of get into some of the things that are going on around the Hurricanes um, right now. You've got all the players back. You've got an extend an expanded roster. Um, what what are you seeing? I know I know the defense has been been really the talk of the town is what's going to happen with Sammy Votnin um, first and foremost? What, what do you foresee happening with that situation?
2: Yeah, I can confirm Sammy Votnin exists. I know there were some <laughs> questions about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's going to be – I think he's going to be a big part of this uh, team's blue line. Um, so far he's paired with Brady Shea uh, in the training camp practices uh, uh, that the team has had um as the team's second pairing and that's you know another thing with without Brett Pesci at the moment um you have that that uh sorry my dog's at the back at the back door I have to let him in real quick that, that, you know, that's school. perfectly fine hang on just one second <laughs> care
1: gotcha. here the kids I, I get that <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry about that. He got super hot outside. All good. All um, good. <laughs> yeah, with Sammy Votnin. So, uh, you know, the team is interested in seeing what it has in Sami Votnin because, you know, he was considered one of the top trade deadline targets even though he was injured. Uh, there in late February and the Hurricanes were able to acquire him they expected him to return to the lineup in early March but he wasn't able to quite make it had some setbacks when he when he attempted to come back so this is really the team's first opportunity uh, at seeing what he's all about he's a right shooting d Um, he could be used on the power play as that right shot option Um, uh, but I I think he's going to play a big part in this team's blue line because they do want to see what they have in him especially since he is uh, supposed to be an unrestricted free agent uh, whenever free agency opens this year. I'm not really sure what the July 1st date is now sometime in November or October, I guess. Uh, yeah.
0: I think, I think it's supposed to be about a week after the Stanley cup mm-hmm. final completed. Is yeah.
2: There, completed. there you go. So yeah, uh, it, it's a, uh, it's an opportunity for the hurricanes to really see what they have because they're going to put them in one of the the highest pressure you know scenarios that's that's around and that's the, that's the Stanley cup playoffs. So um, uh, it's going to be interesting to, to see how he plays and see how he fits in because um, the team is going to want to get a a good evaluation on him heading into um, the, I guess we can call it the off season. It's going to be a couple of months, I think between the end of this season and next, but they're going to, they're going to want to know what they have, uh, you know, before he heads to free agency.
1: And what do, you, uh, what do you think would be the biggest challenge for the Canes going forward for a cup
2: in this bubble? Um, it's going to be one of the most uh, unique playoff setups we've ever seen, obviously, because it's going from um, the standard 16 wins that you need to win the cup to now 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be incredibly competitive, I think. Um, it's unique in that, Obviously, there are no fans. They're playing in empty rinks, Uh, so you're going to have to manufacture momentum yourself. Um, You know, there's not that extra added juice from the Mm -hmm. crowd. Um, But at the same time, you're going to have teams that are completely healthy. Um, You know, they have—they're not just on the heels of an 82-game season. Um, You know, some teams might be limping into the playoffs in that scenario, or have injuries that are uh, concerning. You're going to have. teams that are totally healthy, uh, like the hurricanes who are 99% healthy with the exception of Brett Pesci. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to create, I think one of the most exciting post seasons that we've seen in, in quite some time, just because, um, I think that the, the level of play and the intensity is, is going to be very high. Um, so I, I think one of the biggest challenges is just getting off to, um, the best start that they can, because the a best of five series um, is not something that's played out in hockey in quite some time, and uh, the challenges of that versus a best of seven series, um, it, it, it's quite different. And uh, the importance of that first win are, is going to be huge. It's going to be huge because you know if you if you if you can get up one nothing in a series. That's a huge advantage um, when you only have to win three games. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't even want to think about what it would be like to be down 2-0 in a best-of-five series because that doesn't sound great. (laughs) Let's let's
0: not put that in the world.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Um, And, uh, you know, when you look back at the playoffs last year and the Hurricanes lost the first two games of the first round, but they were able to come home, get that momentum boost from the crowd, win games three and four and tie up the series – you look at this year. If you're down in a in a two-zero hole, there's no going home and, and getting a a boost from the crowd. There's mm-hmm. no, um, you know, real chance to get back in it. It's every game from then on out is is a must-win game. So it, the the Stanley Cup qualifiers presents a, a unique wrinkle, I think, to this year's uh, postseason tournament. Uh, but I I feel like the Hurricanes match up well against the Rangers, even though the season series doesn't uh, tell that same story. I think they match up well, uh, and I think they have. When you look at the depth on their roster, I think they they could be poised to to make a run this year.
0: And one one of the things you you talked about when you when you were just talking about the energy manufacturing that energy. I mean, we've got guys that that can definitely do that on this team. Guys like Andrei Svechnikov. You've got guys that. Are, Jordan Martin Oak, guys like that, that really just – they bring the energy. Um, of those guys, of the, the team in general, who are you most looking forward to seeing in the bubble, How not only on the ice but away and how they interact with their teammates off the ice?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a player like Andrei Svechnikov, who, um, you know, is so dynamic – um and it's it's tough to imagine the fact that he still is only 20 years old um but he could really shine um in a playoff like this and when you look at uh his personality away from the rink um i think it's infectious um i think it's really fun to watch uh and the guys i think even this year more so than any are going to be a close-knit group off the ice just because of circumstances so they're not going to be able to uh, you know, to go out to uh, certain restaurants or um, you know things like that. It's it's going to be very confined. So luckily, uh, the Hurricanes have a group that is pretty close knit. Um, they like hanging out with each other. They're going to be seeing plenty of each other uh, in the bubble. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, hopefully two and a half months of of uh, close quarters with uh, teammates. And and I think the Hurricanes are well suited for that because they have. Um, uh, such a young team um, and some good veteran leadership. I think they're well-suited for this.
0: Yeah, and as do I. And now, one of the things that, as we move forward, I, I know the Hurricanes, hurricanes have the New York Rangers in, in the opening round, the qualifying round, quote-unquote. Their goaltending has been top-notch and has put the Hurricanes to sleep. Pretty much all year, and yep. for the past five or six years, that's probably the biggest concern going into uh, into this qualifying round. What do you think the Hurricanes need to do to beat those goaltenders like Shosturkin and Gorgiev and Lundqvist? What 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 do you think they need to do to come out with a game one victory?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the constants in those in that four game season series from um this past year it was it was the goaltending I mean Lundquist was was brilliant in three of those wins uh got and the last one but um and the Hurricanes did a lot of things that they liked I mean there wasn't much to not like from some of those games other than the result honestly um yeah and, and Rod Brennamore will point to some moments that were better than others and putting themselves in situations where then they had to work out of that, that obviously they'd like to avoid, but they put shots on that. They put quality on that. Um, it was just the Rangers goaltenders were better. Uh, and that's, uh, goaltending is always important in, in playoff series, but I think even more so in a best of five series, it's going to be, uh, incredibly important because uh, a goalie could get hot, you know, whoever it is for the Rangers, um, could get hot and steal the series or Peter Mrazek could get hot for the hurricanes and steal the series. James Reimer, whoever's going to start for the hurricanes. We might not even know that. Um, I think uh, this series is going to be heavily reliant on goaltending. So yeah, the hurricanes are going to have to figure out um, how to beat Rangers goaltenders. Uh, and I think one of the ways um that they didn't do so well in the season series that they could look to improve upon is just on special teams uh, and converting on the power play. If they can uh, get the power play dialed up to a point where, uh, you know, it's converting at least 20% of the time, I think that's going to help their overall game. Um, and they'll always say, you know, you know, what more can you do to beat the goalie? And you have the standard answers of getting traffic in front of the net, making it hard on the goaltender, making it, um, you know, taking their eyes away, getting those second and third opportunities. All of that is is certainly true. Um, but what it comes down to, I think, is, is just going to be um, uh, doing a lot of what they did Uh, already this past season uh, but improving on that power play uh, and and finding ways with the dynamic offense that we know they have uh, to beat whoever's in net for the Rangers Um, and the sooner they can they can find that and discover uh, the secret there um, I think the better chance of success they have
1: now, no matter who wins the cup, um, do you think there would be an asterisk associated with that team, or do you think this would be one of the great runs ever
2: yeah i think I think it has to be one of the one of the great runs because again, you look at um, in previous years it took it, it takes sixteen wins to win the cup, and they say that's the hardest sixteen wins in sports now it's the hardest nineteen wins in sports, uh, and again, when you look at the competition level with um, with every team pretty much at full health. Uh you're I, the, the 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 level of play and the intensity I think might be higher than it than it's ever been before. And Vincent mm-hmm. Trocek said the other day that, that he thinks this might be one of the best playoffs you ever see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think at all um you know and asterisk I, I don't think so at all. I think it's it's gonna be gonna be seen as, as one of the the great playoffs. And
0: I, I didn't know if you going back to the, the qualifying round – I didn't know if you'd had a chance yet to speak with Brady Shea to kind of get his his point of view on what it's going to be like to play his former team in that qualifying round with so much at stake.
2: Yeah, I mean, he certainly got added motivation, um, a, a chip on his shoulder, if you want to call it that. For um, You know, he obviously enjoyed his time in New York, uh, the organization he was drafted by. He played 307 games, I believe it was, with them. Uh, in his career um, and you know he's someone who could perhaps help the Canes because um, you know he was involved uh, in all four wins against the Hurricanes this season so he knows uh, what the Rangers game plan is he knows what they uh, plan to do to to try to neutralize the Hurricanes uh, and maybe he can help turn some of that um, on its head I, I'm I'm sure the Hurricanes coaching staff is going to pick his brain a little bit. I'm sure he's already uh, mentioned a couple things. He could be uh, a sneaky little X factor uh, that the Hurricanes have on their side. But, yeah, he's he's going into this series with uh, – um, I don't know if, it, if you'd say something to prove, but he's got a little extra motivation uh, to try to come out uh, victorious. Yeah, and
0: looking at the roster – what, who are some players to look out for? Maybe not the most well-known players um, that maybe just a casual fan may not know. Who are some players on the Hurricane side to look out for? Almost like a black ace going in, going into these playoffs.
2: Yeah, I think um, when you look at the Canes' uh, top line of Sebastian Ajo, Tebo Teravine, and Andres Svechnikov, those are the players that you expect to score and bring offense and, and provide uh, that element of the game. Um, I think you can count on a second line of Vincent Trocek, Nino Niederreiter, and it, either Ryan DeZingler or, or Martin H.S. Uh, to provide some scoring as well. That could be a, d- a dynamic line. But then you look at uh, you know uh, Justin Williams, Jordan Stahl, and either Brock McGinn or Warren Fogle that's going to be a key line for the Hurricanes in shutting down the Rangers best. Um, so if that line can, can help prevent, um, you know, the Rangers' top scorers from being on the score sheet, that's going to help the Hurricanes be success, successful. Uh, and then, you know, one name to look out for is Morgan Geeky because he came into the league uh, right before the pause, played two games, uh, scored three goals, scored two in his first uh, NHL game, uh, and scored another in his second Um, How does a player like that factor in uh, to the roster here in this postseason? Does uh, does head coach Rod Brennamore toss him in and and see what he's made of? I think I think you do. um, Because, you know, he's he he definitely came into a, a pretty pressure packed situation there in early March when the Hurricanes were looking for wins on the road and performed well, um, how can a player like him perform for the Hurricanes in these in these qualifiers and in the playoffs? I think he's one to look out for for sure.
0: Yeah, and then really one one of the last questions I have about about the roster at least, um, Dougie Hamilton. I can't believe we've gotten this far into the conversation without talking about Dougie Hamilton. Uh, he he broke his he broke his leg back what in January and. I mean he, he was supposed to be out for the season. We weren't going to see him in the playoffs. Now he co- he's coming back. He's healthy. He says he's feeling fine. He's 100%. What does that adding Dougie Hamilton? What does that add to that defense to the Hurricanes roster?
2: Yeah. I mean it's it's a huge addition. It's that's uh um a, he could be a difference maker on the back end. I mean, when you look at that top pairing of him and Jacob Slavin, uh you know, those are two of the really the best defenseman in the NHL. uh, Dougie Hamilton, before he got injured, was having uh, an all-star season. He was going to be the Hurricanes all-star. Had he continued on the path that he was, he might have even been in the uh, conversation for Norris Trophy. So, uh, you know, he was having a great season. Um, I expect him to, to sort of pick up where he left off with maybe the caveat of, you know he hasn't played a game since January. So that exhibition game against uh, the Washington Capitals uh, before uh, you know the puck drops and Stanley Cup qualifiers is going to be, I think, extremely important for someone like him just to get the feeling um, of playing a game back. So get that feeling of of taking a hit from an opponent or. Um, you know going against a a penalty kill on the power play because he is going to be a key uh part of that the hurricanes top power play unit um that exhibition game i think is going to serve him very well just to get some of the timing back uh that he obviously hasn't been able to to really nail down in these last six months but that's a huge addition for the hurricanes lineup um uh, he was one of the, the best players before he got injured, and there's no reason why he can't be one of the team's best players moving forward.
1: Now, you know, God forbid anybody on the team contacts or gets COVID or has to leave the bubble for some sort of emergency. Is there a contingency plan in place in the event that that happens?
2: Um That's a good question. Uh, If I think if someone tests positive, uh, you know, measures are in place to to identify that as soon as possible and and try to isolate it as soon as possible so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't become a larger issue. Um, I think if a player has to leave the bubble and then come back, they might be subject to a quarantine of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there are safety measures in place. but you know, with anything, nothing's perfect. The hope is that um, the hope is that every team can get to Toronto, can get to Edmonton uh, and then once they're there, it should be a little easier to control um, uh, control the uh, the risk of exposure because you are so limited in what you can do. So um, it really, this, this uh, last week of, of phase three, before the teams travel to their hub cities is is one of the most important keys to this whole thing is just getting through this um, healthy uh, because once you get to the bubble, theoretically, everything uh, is, is uh, more controlled um, and you should be able to limit Um, exposure to the outside world. So uh, there, you know, there's safety measures in place, but um, I I think you have to be uh, flexible and adaptable because Mm -hmm. if this year's taught us anything, it's it's just that, that you have to kind of, you have to be flexible and you have to adapt to whatever's thrown your way. Right.
0: Yeah. Piggybacking off that
2: question, what can you kind of give our listeners an
0: idea of what the testing protocols look like with the NHL, with the, with the teams during this training camp?
2: I, I have not been tested yet. I am getting tested this week, um, okay. prior to. Already, departing. already just got
0: tested. If, if you, if you need any tips. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: it, there's, there's different, you know, scenarios of it. Cause I had to, they had to go up both of my nostrils and I heard some people it's only one nostril. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's it, it doesn't hurt, but it's yeah. it's definitely not something that feels good. So.
2: It's, yeah, it's. A, uh, I've heard it's a little uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what method they're going to be using either. I know players have been tested um, every two or three days here in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that that increases to a rate of every day once we get to the bubble. So everybody oh, wow. in the bubble is going to be tested every day, wow. uh, just like it is in the NBA. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know we'll see. I'm, I'm learning new things every day as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to continue to be true, uh, throughout this whole process. That's great. So I want to kind of change gears a little bit.
0: We are a college football, ECU football podcast. You are a Carolina Tar Heel. We don't hold that against you, but, uh, (laughs)
2: that's that's good.
0: (laughs) Um, as long as he's not state. Yeah. Anybody but state, uh, (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
0: I just want—I want to see. Let's uh, let's get your take. What what are you expecting for for the Tar Heels this year, if we have well, a season?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that that's the huge caveat, right? Is, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so say, say we have say we have a season, the ACC doesn't opt out of playing non-conference games.
2: Right. What what do you see? Twelve game season. Well, I mean, hopefully the team can build on you know what was established last year. Uh, I think. Um, you know, bringing him, uh, Mac Brown has been uh, huge for this organization and you see it, um, huge for the program. You see it in terms of, of what he's been able to do with, uh, recruiting, especially in state. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed for, for a good season. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, as, as we discussed, I'm hoping that it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. I think a lot of question marks remain there. Um, but I think uh, what he's been able to do with the program uh, is, is very impressive. And I think he's got them on the right track. So, um, you know, fingers crossed for another uh, bowl season. Again, I no idea how bowls are going to play out with this either, mm, but yep. um, I, I see the, I, I see UNC being a, um, a pretty solid team in the ACC. Sounds good. So, Mike, we have one last question that we ask all of
0: our guests and yeah. seeing as you're a Carolina alum, we, we figured that, um, you might be able to give us an answer. Yeah, to they this. got one now. Yeah. You've got one. Have you been to sup dogs?
2: I have not. Um, Ooh. so that, uh, See that, it, Bill l- that, yeah. <laughs> that, that landed, um, after my time, uh, at UNC, um, mm-hmm. So I have not been okay, but I've, I've heard good things.
0: Great things. So friends, friends, things. Of, friends of the podcast, I, friends I'm telling of the you they're, they are, uh, they're great. They're a great restaurant. Oh yeah. Next time my wife, my wife's a Chapel Hill alum. Next time I'm up there, you and I dinner's on me. I'll, uh, I'll take you to sup dogs
1: and get some sup crushes. It's Don't- I'm
2: trying to think what it even replaced on Franklin street, but, I don't wow. know that things go in yeah. and out of uh, restaurants come and go on that street all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't made the one spot that I go back to, um, a lot, whenever I'm over that way is buns. Uh, it's a delicious oh, yeah. restaurant. Okay. Very good. Very good go, hamburgers. Um, yeah.
1: Four corners. Is that, is that still still out there? Is that still a,
2: I think so. I've been there before. I think yeah. so. And that's time the only now, one I
1: remember timeout Time
2: out is nearby and uh, Linda's which is a great spot uh yeah. great chili cheese fries there at Linda's
0: my, my wife has a very good uh, story about her birthday her 21st birthday at Linda's oh yeah <laughs> the, yeah
2: that's the, that's a classic spot the Stanley Cup has been to Linda's wow yeah, yeah
0: well hopefully the hurricanes can bring it back this year and absolutely. uh absolutely and maybe maybe we'll have a tour to, across all the college campuses bring it down to Greenville and mm-hmm. We'll show it a good time. All right. Um, Michael, thank you for joining us. Uh, can you can you tell our listeners what to look forward to coming up with the Hurricanes, um, kind of their schedule real quick and where they can find your, your uh, content?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, the biggest thing is the Stanley Cup qualifiers, the Hurricanes play the Rangers. It's a best of five series. Uh, August 1st is the first game. Uh, that's a Saturday. The game's at noon. Uh, there's a full slate of NHL action that day. I think there're five games. It's just going to be perfect. You know, just basically set up on your couch and just enjoy hockey from mm-hmm. noon until about midnight. I think it is. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, get ready for for the Stanley Cup playoffs, the the qualifiers and the playoffs. Uh, we'll have you covered at hurricanes.com because again, I'll be in the bubble, uh, so we'll be providing. Um, on the ground reports there hope to do uh some of uh our official podcast as well which is Kane's cast uh, and you can get that wherever you can find podcasts which i'm sure is true uh for this one as well Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it is well mike thank you again for joining us uh have a storm brew for us uh we don't have them here in greensboro yet oh yeah but uh they are crispy Shout out to Storm Brew R and D Brewing. Uh, we don't do free ads, but there's a free ad for R and D Brewing.
1: Well, they right. support right. they
2: support our podcast, so by by association, it's a it's a right. free ad. Yeah, <laughs> right. there you go.
1: And well, stay
2: uh, stay safe up here in the bubble, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yep, no
1: problem. Thank you. See you, Mike.
2: See ya. Thanks, guys.
0: Once again, we wanted to thank our our guest this week, Michael Smith of the Carolina Hurricanes, for coming on and talking about the Hurricanes as they go into the bubble to take on the New York Rangers in the play-in round, and then also hope to move on to the actual Stanley Cup playoffs, where they have a chance to win Lord Stanley Cup. Artie, what did you think about that interview?
1: That was a great interview. Um, Very intelligent guy, Uh, knew everything about his hockey. Every question we asked, he was just right on point. And the thing, the thing I find crazy about it
0: is, he before he took the job with the Hurricanes, he had never really like paid attention to hockey. Like from t- my experience talking to him, mm-hmm. this is somebody that I've met and I've known for for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he ever really paid attention to hockey. Yeah. Really until he interned with the Hurricanes when he was in college at, at Chapel Hill.
1: Yeah, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed that interview, and uh, I think I think the people will too. So.
0: Yeah, we we hope so. Um, we hope that. Even if you're not a Carolina Hurricanes fan, we hope that you will support them this year. Especially if you're from the Carolinas, um, but if not, it'll give you some insight into how the NHL will will be co- coming back to coming back to sports and coming back um, to play here in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but Artie, there's some drama going on at ECU. Yeah,
1: yeah, we got we got a little bit of. A little bit of bad news. There,
0: there, there will be drama on the ice, but there is drama now in Greenville with some former students um, and some of ECU's administration. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that Artie and I, we've honestly we have been sitting on for about a week and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the news and the, the headline and the story broke really earlier this week. Um, and to me, it's not really much of a story. Um, For those of you that have not seen, there's a former ECU swimmer by the name of Ben Ginger. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I I haven't actually spoken with him over the phone, so I don't know know his his full name or whatnot. But Ben Ginger, former ECU swimmer, um, as you may recall, ECU swim was cut on May 21st. And Ben has decided to transfer. Um, what what's come to light is an email sent from Ben's parents, from his mom I believe, to some members of the ECU administration these members include uh, the Chancellor Ron Mitchelson, Interim Chancellor it also includes uh, the Athletic Director John Gilbert and some other members of the, the ECU Athletic staff mm-hmm. so what what I saw and from talking with Ben and and chats and Artie, you've seen these chats on on our social media. They're they're privately they're in our private messages, our DMs. Um, from the my understanding, Artie, and correct me if I'm wrong, from your understanding, mm-hmm. the context of the email makes it seem a lot worse than what it actually is. Right. So what give me kind of what
1: your what your take is the interim chancellor could have worded that a lot better okay he could have been a lot nicer he could have been a lot smoother with his response more courteous more, more compassionate right he he could have been a lot more compassionate uh, with 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 his response um, and i will say what happened to ECU swimming and dive i've said it before i'll say it again unforeseen um, i i i hate it and i and i hate that that you know that quality of a program that we had, because it was a quality program, had to get cut, but it got cut. Um, but from the chancellors, the interim chancellors' point of view, he's really not in the wrong. I agree. So,
0: because look, can, can I break it down? I don't, I don't think I did a good job of breaking it down earlier. So, the, the emails make it seem like he's not getting reimbursed for his money that he spent on a dorm. Mm-hmm. That's what – that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. From our conversation with Ben, it looks – and let me, let me put this all out in full disclosure. We are trying to be as unbiased as possible right, right now. We, we are an unbiased podcast. If we need to call out friend of the podcast, Ron Mitchelson, we will. If we need to call out friend of the podcast, save, swim, and dive, we will. We're not calling anybody out. We're just, we're just trying to provide what we know. We're just trying to break down the situation. So, from the conversation that we've had with Ben, it looks like he had signed a lease for an off-campus apartment. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he did this before ECU Swim and Dive got cut, got cut yep. which is a tragedy. But, there it, it, it's not on the chancellor to be able to help with off-campus with off-campus housing. housing. That is a business decision that an off-campus apartment complex has decided to make. It's not something that the administration has done. This has nothing to do with the ECU administration. This has all to do with the athletic or with the apartment complex not agreeing to fulfill their lease or to let them come off the lease. Mm -hmm. That is part of a contract. That's a business contract. These Students are—I mean, they're not athletes, or they're athletes, but they're not professional athletes. Right. They're still students,
1: and and I have to—if if it was on campus, then yes, I would be fighting for him tooth and nail, because it, that right, would be exactly. wrong. But this—it's—it's it's off campus, and and off campus housing is not affiliated with East Carolina University.
0: The—the the university cannot, cannot get into the business of. Businesses in Greenville mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry It sucks It's a shitty situation Because even Ben in his In his message to us Was saying okay well This is what Happened last time Because he's tra- this is the second time he's transferred mm-hmm. This is what happened when he transferred from Eastern Michigan right. to ECU Which, and, and, they, and
1: his situation is just I, I hate the situation he's been put into I, I, really
0: do. I, I do as well But his situation where he had his program cut at Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, when that program was cut, the landlord was more lenient and work was willing to work with him on getting, cutting his lease, opting out of his lease. It, it is a contract it's a binding contract to leases. And I'm not saying that it's right, but I also cannot say that it's anybody. Like, it's not anybody's fault. mm mm-hmm. Yes, the e- ECU athletics has cut the that program, but I can't I can't fault Ron Mitchelson for saying, well, I, I basically Ron said I can't I can't say like, hey, you just decided to leave as a student like yeah. that, that I can't just meddle because if I did that I would have to meddle in thirty thousand students exactly. apartment exactly. disputes exactly. Exactly. right now because exactly
1: what's going on with the coronavirus. So uh, I mean, from, look from from his from from his standpoint, the interim chancellor, he did what he had to do, with he, and he's not wrong. I my only fault is the way he worded that. I email. agree. He should have been more compassionate and more courteous in I, that email in in that response. I,
0: I completely agree, and I mean, I, I'd love to maybe have the chancellor back on mm-hmm. to talk about it, but I, I don't think I think the media, and I've said this. Time and time again on this podcast, when I came up with the idea for this for this podcast, I said, and already the first conversation we had about this podcast, I said, I don't want to be like the media in Greenville. I don't want to be like all the other outlets that cover ECU. Mm-hmm. I want to be somebody that has a different opinion because I believe that we do have differing opinions than most of the media outlets. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling out any media outlets right now. But all I'm saying is there are some media outlets that are just taking a headline and running with it. They're not digging deeper. We dug deeper. We got a little bit more information on it. Here's what we have. Mm-hmm. Do with it as you please. If you are still mad at the chancellor for what for him not what happened? agreeing to help. You have
1: that right. You, know? you have that but, right.
0: But us as a podcast do not see anything wrong with the chancellor not helping. Mm-hmm. That's it, it. Yes, it's. A lot of people have been dealt a shitty hand right now. A lot of people, myself included. I just talked <laughs> about it. my wife and I both lost our jobs, but it's part of it. This is unprecedented times, mm-hmm. and yeah, the email should have been more compassionate,
1: but it's it's not. It's out of his control. And my last word is. Uh I wish him all the. Is is he going? To, is it Young, Young, Youngstown State? Yeah, the, that he's transferred to. What is it? Fighting Penguins? So, something like that. I, whatever it is, I wish him all the best. I hope. I pray to God that that program does not get cut. I hope that he finishes his career the way he wants to finish his career. As do we. Um, and and, and I really hope things work out for him. That's that's just my last word on
0: it. Yeah, um, Ben, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you as you move on to this next step in life. Um, we hope that all of the ECU swim and dive team that has decided to transfer, we hope that we wish them the best. We wish all those athletes that have decided to stay at ECU. We hope that you uh, remain faithful and um, proud pirates, even though your program has been cut. Mm-hmm. Um, we do hope for that. Um, we, we, understand, we understand how hurt you are, but we also um, understand how the business runs and, Unfortunately, this is just part of everything being a business. Um, but, Artie, let's uh, let's go into something a little bit – I don't know. I mean, it, it's a little better topic than mm-hmm. talking about what we just talked about. But um, other schools are moving to week zero start. Um, one of those being Oklahoma. They're playing, I believe, Missouri State. Mm-hmm. Um, Artie, what is your take on –
1: teams moving up I believe Kansas State is another one yeah you know you were telling me that ECU has the prime prime time spot and so as long as we have that by ourselves with Marshall I think we'll be fine now if Oklahoma so happens to play at eight as well or if Kansas State so happens to play at eight o'clock as well some of that spotlight that would have been on our game is going to get taken away Oklahoma's a household name they're just a national program Uh, but they are playing who, who are they playing Missouri State, Missouri State. Um, So they're probably the team that went one in eleven. They're probably going to win that game by forty or fifty points. People are going to stop watching that game in the first quarter, before halftime. So I don't think it's really going to take that that much away from ECU Marshall. Um, But it does kind of suck because I was really looking forward to that, just kind of being it, just us, just us being the premier game of the night. Just us. But like like I said, you know, I I don't I don't see those games taking too too much away from what we have uh, for week zero.
0: Yeah, and I I really hope that, um, like you said, I I hope we are the premier game. I hope that we still get to keep our primetime slot. Mm -hmm. But um, if we don't, I hope that there is football on August 29th. And I think that this bodes well for for ECU football on August 29th. Because what I'm thinking will happen, I think that this will show, okay, more teams are moving up so that way they can get – their game mm-hmm. in. And I'm hoping the same thing will happen with ECU. It'll kind of encourage teams to continue to have their games
1: earlier and spread them out now. Maybe. is that an ESPN U game or is that an ESPN? Like is that is ECU
0: that... is an ESPN that's, game. That's like a
1: flagship. A flagship one of the flagships. Okay.
0: It may be on ESPN, ESPN, ESPN two. two. Okay. It's not gonna be on I don't think it's gonna be on ESPN U. The whole idea behind this game, well, the reason why ECU ESPN and Marshall all sat down together, and they said, "Okay, how can we make this game? Uh, how can we how can we really highlight this game mm-hmm. with it being the 50 year anniversary?" And it, it, of the it's plane, it's because of the, because
1: of the anniversary. Yep, yeah.
0: and that that's why they wanted to really highlight all those souls that lost their lives mm-hmm. on that on that day mm-hmm. back in what was that 1970? Yeah. So they they want to really highlight that, talk about the story which is another reason why we believe College Game Day should be coming to Greenville. Don't know how that's going to work. Don't know if it's going to happen. But it if there's no better time than now for right. them to come to Greenville. We've talked about that. We I think we had a 30-minute conversation about it mm-hmm. about a month ago on the podcast. So, if you missed that, go back, listen to that episode of the podcast. Um, we, we went into full detail about that, really talked about it. Um, I, but, like I said, I think this is a good omen for sports coming back for – not just for ECU, for all of college football. I think you'll see more teams moving their games up. Yep. Um, I just I, I think that's going to be the case for for all the teams um, trying to move up so that way they can test their testing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, right. I, and I, right. I think that's I think that's why they're doing it. Um, test their protocols.
1: Now, as of as of today, the NCAA is still I guess full full steam ahead for for a season. They haven't really come out and said. They, so, they did release a statement. I, I know it's delayed. I know, right, is, is, it, is the start going to be – well, no, because we're, we're having a week zero game. So. Yeah,
0: so right now, um, I think it was two days ago, for maybe Friday. So, once again, we're, we're recording on Sunday. All these things are changing by the moment. Um, we can't – as a podcast, we can't announce everything. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard to. But with the NCAA, I do believe – that they said, okay, yeah, we're gonna try to have everything on time. We're still reevaluating, but they're running out of time. Artie, yep. we are f- almost four weeks
1: away from the start of college football season, and 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 that's why I was I was beating the drum uh, a few weeks ago. You know, they they've got to really come out and say yes. We are we are we are full steam ahead with the season, or we're not because we're we're too close at this point to kind of be playing around with with each other. You know, so. I I don't I don't I don't know. I I, I, at this point, I think we're going to have a season um, because every, you know, all the other sports are coming back, but they're coming back in a bubble. And college football is not really in a bubble right now. Um, And then, you know, you you have the whole logistics of our our kids coming back to campus. And once you bring 20 to 30,000 students back on campus. I mean, that just opens a whole another bag of worms. I don't, so. I
0: don't think you're going to have as many students coming back to campus. I know, my, for instance, my brother-in-law, he goes to Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. He's not going to back to campus. Um, they Virtual him, distance learning is going to be a yeah, big thing. He, I think he's going to go to campus once a week for a, a lab. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, believe it or not, some Chapel Hill students do go to class. Um, <laughs> that one went right over Artie's head.
1: He, he's not paying attention I'm to sorry. Me. Did you? I was I was I was I was reading a text from my mom. I was I'm, I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. How's Michelle doing? She's good. She's good. Mama Mama Mackle is real good. All right. Well, um, yeah, the, you, you missed a slide in Chapel Hill. <laughs> um,
0: believe it or not. So yeah, already. I, I think it's been a good podcast. How about we do some uh, final thoughts? Some final you got, thoughts.
1: You got a final thought? My final thought, and I'm taking it back to my White Sox. We are going to go 41 and 19. We are going to win the AL <laughs> Central. I do not think we're going to go to the World Series, but we are winning the AL Central. We're going 41-19. You heard it here first. That's my take on the baseball season. Go, White Sox. Wow. That, that, that might be worse than my Mookie bets. <laughs> worse? 41-19 is, is obtainable. 41-19. Let me just do some quick math. That's very obtainable. Let me just, let me just do some quick math. I said we're going to win the Central. We, we had to have a good record to win the Central. Let's see, 41 to whatever You mean to
0: tell me you're going to win damn near 70% of your games? That's what I just said. Okay. Okay. Best of luck to y'all. <laughs> um, well, y'all are playing in the Central, the easiest That's So, I'm saying, we got the, you know, the Tigers um, ain't good. The Royals ain't all that good. Indians are going to be – The Indians are straight. But then you also got to remember you got to play the Cubs and the Cardinals who are – both yes, pretty good. Very, the Reds, good. the Reds are a team to watch. Don't soup on the Reds, I know the Reds are pretty but, good. But um my final my final thought is sports are back. Um, thank God they are. But they can go away just as quickly if things don't go as planned. So please, everybody, wear your mask, do your part. Yeah, it may not be comfortable, but as we said earlier on the podcast, if ECU football players are wearing their masks in ninety five degree heat in the middle of summer in Greenville, you can wear your mask walking through the s- supermarket, okay? Mm-hmm. So, please do that. Um, go Braves. Braves, I'll, I'll say the Braves are probably going to go 59-1. and 1. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, no, um, no the, the, Bra- the Braves will, i say the Braves win the pennant or win the, at least the NL East. And I, I think that this is the year we get over the hump. We we win a playoff series. We haven't won one in quite some time, as I've been reminded plenty of times on Twitter. Um, yeah, so Bra- Braves will make a deep run into the playoffs. I believe they'll make it to the NLCS this year. That, that's my final thought. Um, I don't know about the World Series. I answered that question last week on the podcast from um, Dan the Man. Um, but, yeah, final thought. I'm glad sports is back Hockey's back Baseball's back NBA's back I guess um, And then I guess <laughs> um, So yeah that, that That's really it uh, You
1: had something else? No I was going to say Stay safe Pirate Nation And until next week We out